0: welcome to the second part of helping youth with emotional difficulties i am your host damon soka last week we discussed the need to learn about emotions feelings and the psychology that goes with them and of the importance emotions play in our lives spiritually and physically today we're going to look at how to help the youth with the spiritual side of the equation now i noted last week that emotional management requires a balanced effort physically mentally and spiritually while the physical aspects of diet, exercise, sleep, and environmental influences are incredibly important, today we are just going to explore the spiritual side of things and leave the more physical side to next week. When we talk about spirituality and the development of a Christ like nature and attitude, it is important to understand just how our emotions and feelings influence our spiritual growth and our informed by the emotions emanating from our premortal life. I mentioned last week that even the most basic levels of spirituality require faith. That faith is a driving emotion that causes action. Faith is one of the most important building blocks of spirituality. But in order for faith to have its full effect in our lives, two other emotions are critical to develop in a balanced way. The first is hope, and the second is charity. I know that we don't often think of each of these as underlying emotions that cause us to act in certain ways, but hope and charity are very much emotional states. Listen to the definitions given by Moroni. For hope, it is verse 41 of chapter 7. The definition of hope is that we should hope through the atonement of Christ and the power of his resurrection to be raised unto eternal life. And verse 45 provides us the definition of charity. Charity suffereth long, and is kind, and envieth not, and is not puffed up, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, and rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. Hope is a determined emotion that links the atonement to our lives personally. When we hope in the atonement, the atonement of the Savior becomes alive in our souls. We feel the stirring emotions to listen, and then to be obedient to spiritual promptings, with the emotional caveat of joy as a reward. When we hope to be raised to eternal life, it is not simply a fleeting thought or belief, but a driving force in our lives. Without the emotional drive towards exaltation brought about by our hope, there would be little need for the emotion of faith. Hope deepens the promise of eternal life in our hearts, and faith causes us to act upon it. Now, the definition of charity I read does not at first appear as a deep emotional drive. Much of what is stated by Moroni are actions, by those who possess charity or exhibit it. But action is driven by emotion, and the emotion of charity is what brings forth those fruits or actions. Without the emotional drive of charity, none of these actions would ever take place. When we step back and view these three emotions, it is very important to note that these spiritually motivating feelings come from our own developed spiritual natures from before this earth and through the Holy Spirit. These feelings, ar- these feelings rise from the spirit body to the mortal body and then change the way we act and feel. Now remember, when we talk about feelings and these natural men, that the scripture states the following, that a natural man is an enemy to God, unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man, and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ, and then becometh as a child. Natural man feelings tend to be self-centered and focused on needs and desires that arise from our mortal, fallen bodies. These feelings, desires, and drives are what causes mortal bodies to be described as an enemy to God. However, these mortal emotions actually serve a very valuable purpose. They provide for the continuation of humanity, which is our sexual drive. They they provide for our survival under difficult circumstances, which is our survival instinct. And they provide for nourishment and comfort of the mortal body. And this is our desire for food and shelter. Yes, these emotions are self-centered and drive us to see ourselves as more important than others. And if we allow these emotional drivers to lead our lives We would indeed become an enemy to God. We would become selfish and without genuine love of others. Indeed, without some level of moderation in our mortal desires, our community, our relationships, our home, and our family would quickly break down. What we don't often talk about with these natural man desires is that under proper conditions and the overruling feelings of faith, hope, and charity, they are important in our lives. We only become enemies of God when our natural man desires override our spiritual feelings. Meaning that our sexual, survival, and comfort-driven desires are not evil in and of themselves. They fulfill important roles. Feeling these emotions is not sin. Sometimes we go to the extreme when we talk with the youth about our mortal natures and the idea of enemy of God. Sexual desire is important, and it has place in our lives. If brought under the restraint of charity and true love for another person, it is the force that provides for one of the greatest joys in life—our children. Our survival instinct is also extremely important, as it allows for us to be resilient when life becomes difficult. But this also needs to be brought under the careful eye of faith and charity. Otherwise, we might value our own lives far more than our family, friends, and neighbors. And the Lord said it best when he said about, when he talked about this survival instinct that we need to love ourselves as our neighbors, bringing our survival instinct into a proper perspective. Finally, our desire for comfort can bring forth terrible levels of pride and class segregation as we accumulate wealth and prestige without concern for those around us. So we should teach that mortal emotions and feelings are really not evil in their nature but valuable to our lives if we bring them under the restraint of charity, hope, and faith. This concept is very important to someone with emotional difficulties. While emotional difficulties represents a broad range of concerns, many times the body reverts back to these basic, instinctual, natural man emotions when we suffer. That is just how the brain works. When it comes under significant stress, the brain tends to move from higher level thought and spiritual emotion to where these mortal base emotions tend to rule. No matter the reason why, when the body comes under duress, natural man emotions of survival and selfish behavior will actually tend to rise to the surface. The increase in the natural man desires due to to distress is simply a chemical reaction to external and internal influences. We don't perceive it that way, but it is the body's way of self-defense. So when youth become distressed by internal or external influences, and often it is both, they will slowly retreat back into these natural man desires. This is who we are as mortals. Understanding what happens when the body comes under emotional, physical, and mental stress is actually incredibly important to understand. Now while the body, mortal body, is sending forth the emotional signals of the natural man, our spirit in similar ways sends forth those feelings of charity, faith and hope, the three emotional pillars of celestial life. The level to which the spiritual balances with the mortal, or better said, becomes the guiding influence to mortal feelings depends on a few factors. The first of these factors that is very important is our premortal spiritual development. The extent to which we developed faith, love, and charity before this life has immense implications for our ability to conquer the natural man. Now that we're here in mortality, we really can't do much about our premortal experiences. But we can access those spiritually developed feelings and emotions. Our ability to access what we already have learned is actually very important to our outcomes in mortality. As President Nelson has noted, we were taught all of the necessary lessons we needed to come to earth and succeed before we came here. The extent to which we will succeed is going to be directly related to allowing those lessons to come forth through the Spirit of the Lord. When the Lord stated that the Spirit would bring all things to our remembrance, these premortal lessons are one of those things that the Holy Spirit brings to our emotional memory. As we interact with youth who are struggling, we should keep in mind what is happening in their lives and avoid the strong tendency to solve their problems with our own personal experiences. All too often, we see youth struggling and we make assumptions about what is happening with them. This is actually the natural process of our brain to fill in the blanks. We see these outward symbols of depression, anxiety, bipolar, eating disorders, perception disorders, and we jump to conclusions about what is happening. And with those fabricated conclusions, we then formulate solutions to these imagined difficulties. They need to stop using social media so much. They need to stop watching so much media. They need to read more scriptures. They need to attend church with greater devotion. Attend the temple. Listen to the scriptures. Find better friends. And our list of solutions only grows greater. While it may be true that our solutions or advice will provide some benefit, we have not provided what the youth really need. We often see the youth from our own perspective and our own testimony, and even from the perspective of how we obtained our testimony. In other words, we take our life and place it over the problems of the youth. Can I just say directly, this is not helpful. Yes, our experiences can be helpful to them, but using our past experience to solve their current ones generally provides only limited value and actually can create animosity. The first thing to remember about the youth is that they are youth and they are still developing their spiritual emotions and relationship with the Savior. They are still learning how the Spirit of the Lord communicates to them. They are likely still holding on to some of the testimony of their parents and other leaders. Many youth. Have felt those celestial pillars of hope, charity, and faith, but they do not necessarily recognize them. They have come to mortality with all of that pre mortal experience and testimony, but they have really yet to probably access it in significant ways. To sum it up, they are spiritually immature. Now, this doesn't mean of such immaturity that they are unable to feel and recognize the Spirit. They simply need time and experience and interaction with the Spirit of the Lord to develop their testimony. We all started at some childlike level of spiritual maturity, and hopefully, over time, we have developed our spiritual ears and hearts to listen and to obey those spiritual desires and emotions. When we approach youth whom we suspect are having great emotional difficulties, we should do so with an open mind and with the spirit of discernment that comes as a gift to those who have priesthood responsibility for the youth. We should not make any assumptions about the cause of the difficulty, the depth of the problem, or even a solution. Hopefully, we have already developed a good relationship of trust as we begin to inquire about the cause. Because without this level of trust, it is unlikely that we will be fully able to discern the difficulty. With love and concern, we should begin the process of inquiry without pretense. Just so you know, because of the way our brain fills in informational blanks, to begin the process of inquiry without pretense is a learned skill. We don't naturally ask appropriate questions to fill in our missing knowledge. We actually need to retrain our brains to avoid jumping to conclusions and filling in the blanks, and allow our questions to fill in the information. Now, What types of questions should we ask these youth? Because serious emotional difficulties are often a complex combination of external and internal influences, we should understand everything we can about the lives and their feelings. Many times, the solutions to emotional difficulties will require changes in the way they are approaching spiritual and mortal emotions. Often youth struggle to talk about their feelings because society has already trained them how to repress and bury feelings and mask their outward evidences. It is important to hear what the youth are saying behind the words they are saying. We should understand as much as we can about the external influences in their lives causing the distress. As we ask questions about their lives, we should, also, we should understand also that youth might avoid talking about what is truly causing their concerns, and instead, give us answers they believe that we want from them. We should ask questions about their relationships with their friends, family, teachers, and peers, as relationships are often one of the major causes of emotional distress. We should listen for words that indicate a particular relationship that is important to them is strained or stressed. We should avoid giving advice, but rather ask questions that allow them to explain what is truly occurring in their lives. Many times youth do not fully understand what is causing their distress, and by asking appropriate questions, we can help them to begin to see. We should affirm what they are feeling, and never discount in any way what they are telling us. If they say, I've been thinking about suicide, we might feel inclined to jump into action rather than to pause and ask why they believe they are feeling this way. I am not asking you to be a psychologist, just to listen without judgment. It is important to understand that many youth are just coming to understand what they are feeling and they may not actually be able to express it. One of the things we can do to most help is to help the youth express their emotional frustrations and feelings without judgment. And instead of seeing things such as increased viewing of media, playing of video games, retreating into music, and other forms of emotional media as problems, we should actually view them as symptoms. Often media is used by those in distress to distract from the emotional difficulty now i do this regularly when pain depression or anxiety come to call even as an adult but i do so with some purpose certainly media can cause serious issues especially media that teaches immoral or incorrect principles and that teaches incorrect solutions to emotional distress but to view media as the problem and to strongly persuade youth to the point of almost force to avoid media may actually cause greater distress, because we might be removing an emotional outlet for them. Media and music tend to be more of a symptom and an outlet than a problem for many youth. They use the media to distract and or change or calm emotions that have risen to the surface. We should ask open-ended questions and allow the youth to talk. For instance, we can say things like, you seem distressed. Tell me about your family. How are things at home? Tell me about your friends. How are things with your family? How do you feel about the church, your spiritual life? How do you know when you are feeling spiritual emotions? Now open-ended questions are not always going to elicit a response, especially with youth who are suffering. Sometimes we need to narrow the open-ended nature of the question. For instance, if we know names of the friends and family of the youth, we can ask specifically about those individuals. We can ask specifically about family members, events in their lives, goals, hopes, dreams, and even directly how they're feeling. Most youth will be reluctant to talk about their feelings if you haven't established a good relationship. We should not listen to the youth to provide a solution. I'm going to repeat that again, unless the youth specifically asks for a solution, we should not listen to provide a solution. We should listen to understand and to learn, and then we should ask questions to allow the youth to begin to solve the problems for themselves. The gospel can be terribly frustrating to youth who deal with emotional difficulties on a regular basis. So much is preached about obedience and happiness within church circles. And when youth are obedient and the happiness doesn't come as they expect, they can feel as though they are not good enough, that they lack testimony, that the gospel just isn't for them, and that gospel truths are not true. Emotional difficulties also interrupt spiritual impressions, and they make it extremely difficult to understand what and how they should feel and how the Spirit is speaking to them. They can feel lost disillusioned and bewildered that the gospel works for others, but it just doesn't seem to be working for them. They beca- they can become quickly frustrated with the spiritual process and the time and effort needed to obtain a testimony. Worse yet, when they are in distress, Lucifer appears to have some ability to influence their emotional states through a variety of means. Often youth are simply not taught anything about moral and spiritual emotions, feelings, and how to know which is which, and how to deal with them. They often don't understand the association between external and internal influences, and how best to manage those influences. They don't understand how the spirit speaks to them. Teaching youth about our emotions, mortal and spiritual, can be very enlightening to them. When they understand how emotion works, and what they can do to influence it, Often you find them relieved that they now finally understand something or some of what is happening in their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we help them to see the mortal feelings of the natural man are not evil, but simply need training through the spiritual, and when we help them to understand the emotions of the three pillars of celestial nature, and that we have access to all of the lessons we learned before this life, if we ask, then we can help them to understand why, understand their body and mind, and actually what is happening. Sometimes all the youth need is to understand the why. Now I've discussed emotional distress in broad terms, lumping together those who have more temporary problems and those who are facing something more akin to mental illness on a longer term basis. I'm going to now discuss Just those individuals who are facing the more difficult problem of mental illness. The difference between mental illness and what might be termed emotional difficulties with cause is that mental illness does not always need a cause or a reason. When you suffer with mental illness, their whole world can be turned upside down. When we feel distressed, when we feel bad, depressed, confused, disheartened, our minds typically turn to causality, meaning, we want a reason for our feelings. Mental illness can and does cause emotional distress even when there is no direct cause. Yes, mental illness can be due to such things as trauma, but many times it can occur without cause. Because we teach so prominently in the church and in our society that our feelings always have a cause, youth can believe that they have done something to merit their feelings of anxiousness, depression, hopelessness, sadness, lack of desire, and doubt. It is important to help youth understand that our feelings do not always have a cause, especially under conditions of mental illness. I personally struggled deeply with this problem for many years, and if I could have changed one thing in my young life, it was to understand that not all feelings have a cause, other than sometimes just being part of an illness. If we talk with a youth about their feelings of distress, and they continually say things like, I don't know why I feel the way I do, or things like, I don't understand, or I just don't know, then they might be dealing with a mental illness, and helping them to see that that might be a cause aggravated by the stresses of life can be a significant relief to them. We need to teach youth about emotions, feelings, and how to evaluate what they are feeling and even why. When youth have a better understanding of the things they feel and why, then they are better equipped to work through the process of emotional management. Spiritually, youth need to understand how emotion influences their decisions, and how emotion and feelings can give rise to thoughts, and how thoughts can give rise to feelings. We need to help them understand that feelings are not by their nature evil. It is in the management of those feelings and the actions that arise from them where evil and good is determined. They need to understand that negative thoughts, doubt, confusion, sadness are all part of the process of life, and they need not be afraid of feeling. What they need is to understand the feelings and then what to do with them once those feelings rise to the surface. They need help understanding how the Spirit speaks to them personally that they cannot force spiritual feelings, that sometimes we all just need a personal, emotional time out. When we talk, when we approach youth with emotional difficulties, we should not give them specific answers necessarily and then tell them how they should feel. Better is to help them to understand their feelings and how to react, manage, change, or alter those feelings. Now, I know today that I have not given any real direct or practical thoughts on how to teach emotions from the perspective of the spiritual and the mortal. And in some ways today I've done so purposely. Sometimes when we teach examples and methods we can get caught up in the idea that this is the one way how to accomplish it. There are many ways to help youth see emotion and how it interacts in their life. However, after some thought, I feel as though it is important to give some practical advice on how to teach youth about emotions, feelings, and emotional management from the perspective of the gospel. Next week's podcast will contain several ideas on how this can be accomplished and how we can help youth to recognize and understand with greater ability their own feelings. May the Lord work with you this week to better understand even your own emotions, because if we don't understand our emotions, we will certainly not be able to teach it to our youth. Until next week, do your part so that the Lord can do His.